Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There is a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the people did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, born this day. Amen. I want to start with an apology for last night, actually. Um, in my sermon, I made a comment about how, as a kid growing up, I was always the first one up. And I actually apologized to my parents for being that kid, because as an adult, I don't appreciate it. When I got home last night, my wife pulled me aside and said, why did you bring that up? Why, why did you have to say that? Why did everyone have to hear that you did that? What, what's wrong with you, right? 3.30 this morning, the boys came into our bedroom, Christmas! It's Chris Santa's here! And then again at 4.30, and again at 5.30. So I wrote this really great sermon this morning, but instead of, of preaching this, I think I'm going to preach about how I haven't won the lottery lately, and that maybe that would be nice, right? Because clearly what I preach just comes to fruition these days. So again, an apology to Katie if you're watching at home. I, hopefully you're sleeping, right? But, but with that disclaimer, truly though, this season of Christmas, the last month or so, I've watched a lot of Christmas-themed programming, we'll call it, right? There are a lot of Christmas movies out there. In fact, a few weeks ago, we watched Home Alone 45 or whatever we're on. And at some point, I'm like, are, like why are these parents not just being arrested these days? Like, well, they keep making the same mistake. It's pretty simple, really. Just bring your kid on the flight. It's not that hard, right? So we've been watching all these things, but what has really caught my attention lately aren't the Christmas movies, but the Christmas specials, right? Because they're special for sure. And it seems like everybody has a Christmas special. And as a kid, like, I vaguely remember the Smurfs Christmas special. Now, why did the Smurfs celebrate Christmas? I'm not sure, but they must have. But then it runs the whole gambit, right? Like, everyone has one. Like, there's literally, and I want to make sure I get the title right, Larry the Cable Guy's star-studded Christmas extravaganza, which, mind you, I did not watch, but based on the reviews, I think I'm okay, right? I did do some research a few days ago as I was crafting this sermon. I took it upon myself to watch the first 10 minutes of the Star Wars Christmas special, and it was about as bad as you would imagine. And again, nothing to do with Christmas, but I learned a lot about Wookiee Life Day, which is oddly specific, um, but not quite there. 
And so my appraisal of these Christmas specials is that theologically they leave something to be desired, we'll say, right, as far as Christmas goes. Because what hit me as I'm watching these is, is they lack something. And what they lack is the familiar trappings of the Christmas story, the story that I shared with you last night in our gospel, a story that we're all familiar with, like the story that has, for example, you know, angels and, and, and stars in the sky, a story with, with, with travelers in a full inn and, and then a baby born and laid in a manger, right? That's the pieces of the puzzle that are missing. And what's kind of weird is this morning kind of dawned on me that the Gospel of John is sort of like the Christmas special of Gospels, right? It's sort of connected, right? It it has its own sort of Christmassy story. We read it every year Christmas morning, but it doesn't have the familiar trappings. You have to dig deep. But unlike those campy and pandering Christmas specials that everyone makes, John's Gospel is theologically excellent. It tells the story from a different perspective, and I really, really appreciate that perspective each and every time we engage it. Because John, I believe, gets to the true and deeper meaning of this moment. And really, what's interesting is John isn't talking so much about an event that happened 2,000 years ago. John actually goes all the way back to the beginning of time, and perhaps even a little bit before. He uses the language in Genesis itself, right? In the beginning, in the beginning, every year this child is born to us anew once more. And in the beginning, there was this light, and it was the life of all the people in all places. And this light echoes the the creation itself, right? The light that, that broke through on the first day of creation, when darkness and light were separated, night and day were created. And the key that John points out is that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome the light. And I think that's really, really important for us to hear. I think that's the true meaning of this day. That's the true meaning of the incarnation. And in some ways, digs down to the root even of our theology of the cross, as Christians, as Lutherans in particular, that God's light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. That God is present in the midst of the darkest moments of our life, and that darkness is not enough to push God out. God is intimately there, even at the very foot of the cross itself in the midst of our pain and suffering. And this last year or two, this last year or two has been chock full of those shadowy moments of the pain and suffering and struggles of this world. It is a yet raging pandemic that we are still facing here yet today with unsure futures in the weeks to come. It's political strife that has strained not only our country, but relationships among our own communities and perhaps even within our own families. As everything, even the pandemic, has now somehow become politicized. It is institutional racism that seems to rear its ugly head all around us. It's gun violence in our communities as we experience it seemingly all the time. And it's the loss of loved ones, the death 
of our routines, our schedules, and perhaps even our livelihoods in this time. But it's in the midst of that, it's in the midst of these moments that we have a promise today. A promise that God is with us. That throughout time, the life and the light of God continues to shine. And today, Christ is the word that we need to hear now, perhaps more than ever. And these poetic words find a crescendo when we hear that proclamation that we are children of God. I think what I appreciate most about this gospel is not the unique approach to understanding Jesus, it's unique Christology, but that it names us as a part of that puzzle as well. That we are children of God who walk in the light of God. A reminder for us that although today is a special day, today is such a special day that some of us woke up at 3.30 a.m. to celebrate it, Today is such a special day, but yet this promise is ours each and every day. Throughout all of history, we are promised that God's light shines in and through and for us, even in the midst of life's darkest times. So perhaps today, the word reminds us that we don't need that crowded manger scene. We don't need all the trappings that we come and expect to see when it comes to Christmas. Maybe all we need is the word that sits front and center of it all. Jesus himself. A word of hope and peace and joy and love as we light candle after candle, watching that light expand until it is that we celebrate this moment. This moment where we are reminded that God is present. And that because of that, no matter what happens, the light will continue to shine in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. So thanks be to God for being our guiding light today, tomorrow, and throughout history. And very Merry Christmas once more to you all. Amen.